G'day, Mike Hussey here, but you can call me Mr. Supercoach. KFC Supercoach BBL is back and there's 25 grand up for grabs. So what are you waiting for? Play today at supercoach.com.au. T's and C's apply. New South Wales authorisation number TP slash 01005. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Good morning, everyone. It's Dan Malicki here. I'll be joined by Jason Bonington shortly. We'll have a look at the program. It's a good program, a very good program at Tab Called Park Milton tomorrow night. Nine races. We've got uh, plenty of group action. And the uh, first event is going to kick off at uh, 5.56. As far as the scratchings are concerned at this stage, some of you may well be listening on a podcast later on, so that could be updated. But there's a few scratchings about uh, already for Melton. Race one, number four, Gilligan's Island is out. So there will be no three-hour tour uh, for him uh, tomorrow night. Race one, number four, Gilligan's Island is a scratching. In race two, scratch three and four, Let It Linger and uh, Village Voice. Uh, and our Village Voice of Jason Bonington will be here with us, I imagine, shortly. Race three, number four, Barrett is out. And then the rest of the program, up until the last race, take out number six, Bromwich. So they're the early scratchings. They'll be updated and there could be uh, more added to those. Uh, as uh, as the day goes on, depending on uh, what stage of the day you might be listening uh, to the Mooney Valley uh, preview with myself, and likely uh, it was a dollar oh four to be Jason Bonington. It's now a dollar ten. So just keep your eye on the market there as it continues to drift. Dollar no, it's, it's, it's held, it's held up at a dollar ten. Punters uh, pay the punters. Uh, they collect then. Got out a little. They've collected. <laughs> uh, I'm pretty good, mate. How are you? Yeah, going well, thank you. Uh, now, we, we've got to go through this Friday form panel, and it's going to become a regular thing. We've been looking for a um, like a, a comedy duo who've been trying to find a slot somewhere on uh, free-to-air TV or radio where we can ply our trade, and we finally got it, I think. don't know why we had to push Nikita Ross out. No, nobody pushed her at it, but um, she's done a wonderful job, and uh, we will miss her, but it's going to be fun now. We're doing the Friday form panel with you, Dan. Tell me how you're looking at this program in terms of Difficulty, degree of difficulty. Oh, no, no, it, it should be okay. I mean, I've got plenty of other things to do um, through the course of the week. But one thing I have to do is to form for the Saturday night. So, look, it makes sense. Um, and the, the next part of doing the form, it's, it's actually good. Uh, we find when we work together on the Trots Vision on a Saturday night, we can both have ideas and um, our confidence can build on what the other person says and uh, the resonation of bits and pieces and facts that we go through and we can do that early we can get a, a preview of it with what we do this morning but but it actually uh, it, it helps i quite enjoy it regardless of what you think of certain horses through the course of the night perhaps how the races are, are going to be run I, I imagine you'd be the same as me there are certain people that you would respect their opinions uh, of um, of horse individual horses and the way races are run and and when you have that discussion uh, that picture becomes a little bit clearer or can there's no doubt about it and I think I think uh, in a different dimension or a different world uh, you and I probably could have been uh, barristers because we we prosecute the cases strongly I think that uh, that certainly helps when you've got conviction and you prosecute the case. In your own mind, strongly, well, it can either get fortified if uh, if you agree with what I'm saying, 
then that gets fortified. And if you've got a completely different idea, well, I hope I haven't bet early. And we sort of need to bet as we're going almost on the Friday form panel because we know it doesn't take long. If we do agree on something in particular, that that market will undoubtedly move. So gamble responsibly at their kids, but um, also bet early to avoid disappointment. We'll get uh, – actually, before we do get stuck in, I wouldn't mind finding out – we're going to talk about catch a wave a little bit down the track in that third event, the Alabama Vic Bread Championship final. But he went under, obviously, as an incredibly short price favourite last week. And even more than that, there's been conjecture. I think it's been a storm and a teacup over Lock and Varad last weekend. But I'd love to know your opinion. I, I personally thought – under the circumstances, he couldn't have gone any bigger than he did. And I think it, it, time will tell whether he's going to get back to the champion status that he was at. But I was thrilled with his performance. How did you rate it? Yeah, look, very much the same as you, Jason. He couldn't have done much more. And and you know what? Being first up from a spell, if he had done a little bit more, it just could have busted him up completely. Yeah, yeah. He was forward. He was fit. And he needed that run to improve. It makes natural sense. We've talked about how uh, often and how few times horses, regardless of their class, can win first up. It is not impossible, particularly, oddly, but particularly over the short trip drawn the second line at Melton. They couldn't run much faster. Think of the month. We're in August. It was a freezing cold night, and they're into the 151. So if that was in January, you're talking about a low 150 or maybe even breaking that mark. I mean, that is an extraordinary performance. Can he get back to that level? I'm like you. I'm not sure, but I'm excited to find out in the course of his next few starts because he should be fourth up or fifth up by a Victoria Cup. And at least by then, we're going to know it's the Lock and Var art we know and love, or he's still going to be a major player. If he's two or three lengths off what his bet yeah. was, he's still going to be in the mix. Yeah, 100%. So we, what Dan and I are telling the listeners, we can't guarantee you'll, uh, you'll see that, that Hunter Cup winner, that four-year-old Bonanza winner, but all he could do last week is tell you that he was on the right track or he's on the wrong track. And I think everybody with... Any opinion that I respect uh, believes he's on the right track. Let's get stuck in, Dan. Friday form panel, Tabcorp Park, Melton Nine Races. First event now. Um, I, I think most of these races aren't that difficult to read. This one I'm I'm concerned about. The three former Kiwis. I know High Flying Harry's been here for a fair while, shown glimpses. Gilligan's Island. Um, I'm sorry to do this to, to Shannon Nixon. Uh, oh, it's out Gilligan's Island. Well, that's going to help a hell of a lot. So Paul the other leg has shown gate speed. Arden Roanoke now probably gets a chance to try and run the gate, but that's going to be great news for uh, for Paul the other leg. I wish I was in New Zealand right now. Then we could have known Gilligan's Island was scratched and got the um, the no deductions, but we're not. We're in Australia. How impressed were you with Paul the other leg going 153.9 at its Australian debut last weekend? It's a terrible name. You've got to be <laughs> some of the names that come from New Zealand. I remember there was one called How's It Hanging? And I thought, you've got to be kidding me. I'm not going to call this. And I ended up getting it changed. But um, Gilligan's Island makes me laugh a little bit. But uh, pull the other leg. I mean, I think it's a silly name, but he's a pretty smart horse. And Andy Gaff, as we well know, is, uh, well, I don't, I'm not sure there's anyone better than plucking out horses from New Zealand, particularly with. Uh, what looks to be poor form, but he can get them at the right time. Um, the horse has got, well, he's got good gate speed. I wouldn't say he's a brilliant beginner, but I would have said the same about Gilligan's Island, potentially high-flying Harry as well. And you mentioned Arden Roanoke. He could be the quickest of those horses off the gate, but 
Uh, is he going to be a length and a half quick uh, for them? Uh, I'm not sure. Uh, but Paul other leg couldn't have been more impressive last week. But naturally, he did work to the lead. There was a little bit of a battle early. He won out, dictated, and he raced away and scored. I, I thought impressively. Um, sometimes the Kiwi horses, when they first come over, their first up run is, is their best. And they don't necessarily get any better. He'd only had a month between runs. So I guess... That sometimes is my concern with uh, New Zealand horses. They'll either hold their form, which might be all he needs to do, as opposed to improving a length. I don't know that he can improve a length, Jace, uh, straight away, but he's got the right draw to make use of his gate speed. Um, and even if Arden Roanoke led, would the potential not be uh, to take the sit uh, on Arden Roanoke? I'm not certain but it certainly would be an option. High-flying Harry's perhaps the horse that could be the fly in the ointment for pull the other leg. Look, I was working around pull the other leg and high-flying Harry as the main two. A horse I've been following but have just dropped off a little bit was a million promises. Mm. Um, I don't want it to go around at 50 to 1 and not have some you know, small amount on it, but its last couple have been disappointing. But the stablemate Captain Confetti, um, he... He's much better than his figure form suggests. He's another one that might go around over the odds. Three, five, seven, and uh, one at our Uncle Jim. He might well be in the right place to run top four again. He could last start, obviously, in the same race as Paul the other leg. My numbers in the first are three, eight. Um, a box of chocolates who's drawn just deplorably, but certainly flying again. Number five, high-flying Harry, who... I think you'd agree with me, Dan. High-flying Harry, he's, um, he gets his chance here, I think, if he can roll forward a little bit because he seems to have this dazzling, destructive 300-metre burst of speed and then it just goes yeah. kaput. Yeah, yeah, no, you're right there. He's, he's, we've seen that a couple of times and the stable have got to know the horse, I think, a little bit better. He can get off the gate, though, and I think over the short trip, his last win was off the short. He came off the gate... He led and uh, he was too slick. So maybe over the 1,700, he might be able to come out of the gate. Um, but if he doesn't cross-pull the other leg, he he could either end up without cover, maybe in the 1-1, which would suit him. If he's two lengths off the lead and can use his dazzling speed from the 400, you'd think he'd be a winning chance. Box of chocolates, I was wrapped to see it win last start. I've been following it, but the greater majority of its wins have been when it's in front. Yeah. So um, that was my yeah. little query as to why I left her out of the mix. But if she can follow that speed through, it, now that she's back in form, she would be a chance. But I thought she was under the odds. Yeah, and the only other one that I've got, I thought this one was over the odds slightly for fourth pick, and I've had a little bet one by three on it, is Ultimate Huey. Um, these national ratings sometimes don't mean a hell of a lot, and sometimes they do. In this case, I think... They might. So, Ultimate Huey, uh, forget the run last start at Wagga. Um, everything went wrong there. But prior to that, had been racing in up to 94 events, uh, but won by Sicario and Yambucky. And last time, it was in a race of this nature, 68 to 77, it defeated Arg. Arg, the pirate horse at uh, Shepparton, four starts back. So, at $19.390, I've had something won by three, numbers three, eight, five, and nine in the first time for a break. Dan Malecki and Jay Bond joining you for the Friday form panel. Stick with us on SEN. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. 
it's no scrubs. I know that. It's TLC. Sorry, were you waiting for an answer there? Sorry, Tom Bang. I was just enjoying the song. It's a great movie with Will Ferrell and uh, Mark Wahlberg where uh, they keep, the other guys I think it's called, where they keep throwing in song lines from TLC, but that's another story. Friday form panel, Dan Malecki, Jason Bonington, race two is heat one of the HBV Stallion Guide Amaryl and Matriarch Pace. Um, Doug's Bay was the most interesting uh, first up performance, wasn't it? I mean, the price told us that she wasn't going to be 100% ready. It was definitely more than a pass mark. But those trolls from the Wolf have, um, well, the Wolf's knocking at the door, isn't it, Dan? What did you make of it? Yeah, how true. Um, you mentioned the Wolf, but I'm always big on the devil I know. <laughs> and um, uh, Doug's babe is the, is the devil I know, so I'm going to stick with her. Um, look, the Wolf, uh, when you look at her career, she's still lightly raced, and to my eye, up in class. She might have tackled a group three and might be progressive. Got the good draw, and as you said, she's trial well. She's first up uh, at 2,200, which, oddly enough, I don't have, don't have as big a problem with being first up at 2,200 as I would at 1,700. But um, she doesn't have a lot of experience at this distance. Um, I, I don't want to uh, not include her as a chance, but I see her as under the odds. Maybe I just don't know enough about her. And Happy to put uh, not all of my eggs into the basket, but a number of them to make a big omelette uh, for Doug's babe. I, I think, as you said, it was more than a pass mark against the boys. And in a way, she drops back in class to her own sex. So I had no trouble in identifying her as the one to beat. Uh, respecting um, the wolf, Nikki Nana has been in great form since she stepped up to the middle distance trip. She's going much better, much tougher good gait. I mean, this is a bit stronger than what she's been meeting, but uh, her form's very good. And we've seen many times mares that are in form, they can step up in class and continue their good form lines. Uh, the other one with a chance would be better Robin on her best form. Uh, she's in a new stable uh, as well uh, as as the Wolf uh, could be a hope as well. But I, I thought Doug's babe, even, even at $1.95 now, I still find it attractive odds, Jase. Yeah, I, I must admit, I... <laughs> I marked her a dollar sixty before the scratching. Now the market percentage taken out by Let It Linger and, and Village Voice is not great, but I'd nearly say she's a dollar fifty hope because I even from the trial we saw from the Wolf, I think it's more than likely. I don't know about you, Dan, but I think it's more than likely that the Wolf will lead and probably take a trail on Doug's Bay, regardless. And from there, it becomes a um, a, a tempting, delicious little. Uh, maybe one into one into two exotic race trifectas first fours. But if Doug's Bay finds the front here, I think it's game over. And just to your point about the difference between the, the 1,720 metres first up and the 2,240 for the listeners, I reckon the key to that, and I assume you agree, is that over 2,240 metres, despite it being longer, you generally get a chance to find your rhythm, don't you? To balance and settle and work into a race, whereas... Those 1,700-metre races, particularly the preferential draw races over the short course, there's just nowhere to hide. Mm, yeah, absolutely, and particularly if you're drawn out a little bit. and They often don't come up for air, uh, particularly I'm talking metropolitan level yeah. also. It's a bit yeah. different if they're lower-rated races. But over the middle distance... Um, you can get the the cheaper quarter. They might go a 31.5, which then takes it away. And you're right, horses can get into a better cadence, a better rhythm. 
uh, whereas the 1700s, they often don't come up for air. The hard-fed horses are capable of going 153 and a bit every week, and the better ones can go even quicker. So if you're second line, drawn wide, you're going to have to work when they're running good times. So uh, that's why I always uh, are more forgiving for horses that are first up over 2200 than 1700. The records show it. It's just so difficult to win. And we know how many good horses, short price favourites, that have been beaten over the 1700 there's probably a, a percentage that suggests they can be beaten at the 2200, but at least they get an opportunity if they've drawn the second row to get around with a possibility of getting that slightly cheaper quarter over the middle distance. I could not agree any more 100% accurate there, as always, from Dan Malecki. I, I've got not much more to add here. Doug's babe to beat the Wolf. I'm intrigued to see how the Wolf goes. 156. Flat the mile rate at the uh, Shipman Trolls after trailing and defeating Beach Memories, who's a pretty smart filly. Better Robin was 18 metres behind in that trial, but we know how good she can be. All indications suggest she'll need this run and maybe a couple more to hit her peak. And for fourth, Mosaic. Uh, but it looks like a, a skinny, lean, sinewy, exotic race for me. Seven, two, eight, and six. Time for another break. We'll come back and talk about the Group 3, the first of the Group 3s in the program, the Alabar Vic Bread Championship Final. I know he got beaten at a dollar twenty-two last week. The catch wave will be even shorter, and I think you have to butter up. Back in a moment. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Never ever. Good old Saints. Okay, we move forward. This is the first of the features on the Saturday night. Tomorrow night at Vicarnas HQ, the Alabar Vic Bread Championship final at Group 3 level. Now, Dan, um, you like these little quips. So the, the putters who were, who were trying to catch a wave last weekend, well, they, they wiped out horribly. They were washed up on the rocks, weren't they, unfortunately? They were uh, – we had to get the, uh, the, the surf patrol out to, to find their bodies. But um, he was actually enormous. There were excuses given. Obviously, there was a gear malfunction. Uh, back to the front line here. It looks a fait accompli to me. Uh, I don't know how you feel about it. And, and if it is, how do we make money from the race? I I, I agree with you. Uh, when you first look at the race, you look at last week's performance, it does look exactly the way that you said it should. I'm finding that I am prepared to think give it a try has got more improvement in him. Now, I'm not saying catch a wave hasn't. Give it a try led last week. He came out of the gate well. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's something you don't often see him do. Uh, so it was almost a new position for him. I, I reckon he's probably better trailing the speed. So with catch a wave, I would think most likely to go across and lead. Remember, they're owned in the same connections. I don't think you'd want to bury one or the other. Could Catchaway is the sort of horse that when he's in front, he can get a bit keen, he can get a bit gawky, hence why he's got those pull-down blinds on, which was the problem last week. Is give it a try possibly uh, more genuine in the sense that he doesn't need a lot of that extra gear that Catchaway does? There's no doubt um, you couldn't compare raw ability. I just think give it a try has improve that much he might follow catch away and i'm not prepared to rule out give it a try mm. out sprinting catch away there's some parts of it that doesn't make sense to me even jake 
Well, we but might... I think Give It A Try is a much better horse than we're giving him credit for. Well, we, we need to unpack this further. There's some hard-out music in the background, so we'll uh, we'll go to the news, find out what's happening in the world. But this is the first bombshell of today's Friday form panel. I'm looking forward to discussing it and unpacking it further. Stick with us. We've got one more big hour to come. Give it a try. Behind the leader, out sprints, catch a wave. Maybe. We'll talk about it more in a moment. You're listening to the Friday Form Panel with Jason Bonington on SEN Track. There's a little bit of Cheryl Crow. Makes you happy. A few things make me happy and they are pretty bad, I think. So I don't know if that song is overly accurate. Uh, Dan Malecki joining us. uh, Legendary race call and... uh, well, I think the most outstanding judge in the game, and I'll tell you what, he has dropped a bombshell, if you're just joining us, that potentially give it a try. And, you know, we spoke about Torrid Saint winning last week, and there was somebody who tweeted me back and said, well, $4, it wasn't a shock. I'll tell you what, when you beat a fifty-five chance, it is a shock. And if give it a try wins and goes back-to-back defeating Catch a Wave, it will be, don't worry about the price, it'll be an absolute blowout. Dan, do you remember, like, I recall a time in give it a try's career, as a matter of fact, where I don't think he was... Uh, overly genuine early doors. He just seems, something seems to have uh, uh, flipped with him. He's, the penny seems to have dropped with this horse. Yeah, no no doubt, Chase. Um, I totally agree. Well, what's he won? He's won three of his four this preparation, and he won two of his last three at the end of last prep. So he knows how to win races now. That's very important. Um, there's an art form in losing, as there is an art form in winning. And, uh, he, uh, he's a different horse. He's matured. Even the gate speed that he showed last week, I, I didn't know he had that sort of gate speed. Did you, Jace? And, and, and to be truthful, I, I wonder whether leading's actually his go. It might be as he gets up in class to be a bit of an advantage for him, but I still think he'd probably trail the speed a little bit better. Uh, and that's why I thought the scenario tomorrow night might suit. But, but clearly, he got out of the gate comfortably last week. He looked like a, a, a good beginner that wasn't even asked to go last week because he had that better gait. Do you... I, I had a really deep dive, but back in his form, there was a little bit of gait speed. I thought he'd, he he would find the front. Um, it, what percentage chance is there that he tries to do the same thing? Like 5% chance that he decides to try and hold, catch a wave? Um. Well, just say you own Give It A Try mm. and Catch Away. Just say the scenario mm-hmm. was you own both of them. Um, is it the same owner in both? Yeah. Um, give It A Try is a progressive horse. I wouldn't want Catch Away to look him in the eye and bust him up when he's got a head full of confidence. And just the same as Catch Away, I you know, want to give them the best possible chances. And if I was the owner, trying to look after both horses, not just for tomorrow night, for their future... I'd be pretty satisfied if Catch a Wave led and Give It A Try was sitting behind the leader. It would be the scenario that I would expect. It would be the scenario that I would prefer. And as an owner, it would be a good way to find out where Give It A Try was to see if he could run down Catch a Wave. If Catch a Wave can't muster and if he can't cross, so be it. I'm not saying just grab hold and uh, restrain. I don't like it when, when drivers restrain. I much prefer a horse to earn its way to the front not necessarily kicking up underneath them, but not restraining them, not getting heavy on the bit and on their mouth. So 
So, and I'm sure Chris Lang, he doesn't drive that way. So Cats Away will have to come off the gate, press forward. But I think he's got the gate speed to do that. The slower Catch Away goes, I think it works against Catch Away because he needs to roll along and concentrate, a bit like his brother Yen Buckian. They're horses that are better when they're concentrating. The slower that they go, they get gawky, they start looking around. It opens up the potential for mistakes and excuses. So I tend to think they'd go at a genuine clip here. It'll be a pegs-dominated affair. Mm. And give it a try might not be good enough yet, but he might get his chance. And at a dollar twenty-two catch away, I think as a tipster you got nothing to prove. But I'd be happy to take give it a try. Look, the Quinella might be a dollar fifty, Jace, but the exact it could be six or seven bucks. So I think give it a try as a chance. Are you going to back catch away at a dollar twenty-two? I'm certainly not going to. Buy, um, things are going okay, Dan, but I, I haven't got enough money to be um, to be launching in at a dollar twenty-two and. Yeah, look, there's, there's probably even, uh, on top of that, speaking with Andy Gath early in the week, we, we, we're playing devil's advocate here, as I was doing, talking about even give it a try hold in the lead. But uh, the first up run did um, did initially not catch a wave around a little bit. He was he was a little bit flat for a day or so after the race. So when you're taking a dollar twenty two, and I make this point regularly, Winks started at, at shorter than a dollar thirty, about a, you know three or four times maximum in her uh, in her winning streak. So you know, a dollar twenty-two is is a ridiculous price, probably at any juncture. You don't have to find an exotic really now, because if you can back, give it a try to win all that exacta, then money's to be made already. But the way you've outlined it, and the way I see the race, I, the map's exactly the same. Horses like Sassiola, Hugo Rocks, they're at the head of the options to potentially run third. If you want to stretch it even further, because of the likely peg domination here, Dan. I would think so, yeah. And and the being catch away, the sort of horse he is, he could very easily come home in a uh, 55 in a bit or even break a 55, depending on the weather conditions. And they're supposed to be pretty good. The forecast for tomorrow, I think we're looking about 18 or 90 degrees. So it should be a a, a better night than we've had recently as far as um, you know, you know, coldness is concerned, maybe a bit more balmier. So they can run a bit quicker time. It's going to be impossible to come one wide even and, break that 55.5 type of barrier. So it should be a peg line affair. Um, maybe even the $2 Sassiola replace uh, might be a little bit of value. But uh, th- that's the way I've gone. I'm three, give it a try, seven catch away, one Sassiola, eight Hugo Rocks. I'm going seven, three, eight and one. I've had a little place bet on uh, Hugo Rocks. I think it was around the $3.20 mark. Um, I tell you what, this this will be... This will be a pretty big story on two levels. One side about catch away if he does get beaten again and whether the boom's been a little bit too big at this stage of his career. And the other, give it a try, who, if he beats catch a wave twice in a row, well, we're looking at a, a, a super smart animal. Right, race four, the first heat of the Tornado Valley trot. I'm most intrigued in your thoughts here. It does look a match race of sorts. I'm hoping I'm hoping both Olavici and Nephew of Sunoco have a genuine dip here. We know there's no requirement really to race for sheep stations, but I've got Olavici in front, nephew of Sunoco outside the leader. It's the younger, faster, more scopey, um, exciting horse against the war-hardened warrior who's going to have to sit outside of him. I think it's going to be a, a very enjoyable race to watch and for you to call, Dan, but which way are you leaning? I'm not sure. I was hoping you'd give your tip first and something would uh, would resonate with me. I, I, I've always had the time for Olavici. 
um, always liked where he was at. He, he's got that bit of athleticism about him. I love the way he gets around the bends. He seems to go into bends and out of them better than most other trotters. He holds his trotting cadence a little bit better, and he clearly has come back from a spell um, well, but also in the sort of form that I reckon Chris Lang would have expected him to. Uh, he always looked a nice type of horse that would be better after a couple of preps. He's still very lightly raced. That nephew of Sunoco's been around the block a lot more times than Olavici. And I was sort of on the fence, which way do I go? Does Olavici lead? I wasn't sure that it would cross both the all cashed up or she's a pleasure, but they might be happy to hand up. Imperial Wiz is the other one that gets out. So there's a bit of speed there. Nephew of Sunoco, he, he's tough. He's the benchmark. And I went with Nephew of Sunoco. Six from five, maybe it's the right Quinella. Um, but I could be swayed the other way. Actually, as we're going through the preview this morning, I've got a good idea of who I'm going to tip in some races. And in other races, I've cemented what I'm going to tip. But I haven't quite written down in my column race yeah. four tips here. I'm thinking I'm going to go six from five. But... Uh, I'm waiting for what you have to say, and I could very easily swap it the other way. The uh, values with Nephew of Sunoco, two eighty, Olivici a dollar sixty, with a, with a tab at the moment. So I'll wait for your comments before I uh, put down my tips. But I think I'll go six, five, four, and seven. I think you can lick the nib of the pen you've got in your the ballpoint you've got in your uh, hand there, Dan, because I am also going with Nephew of Sunoco. A number one here. The prices are. A bit silly. $1.60 versus $2.80. I thought they were virtually inseparable. Logic, all of your logic basically dictates that Olavici is the likely winner of the race. I do think he'll work his way to the front. We know he can run time over the middle trip. I don't know that they'll go that hard. He's got speed in his legs, so if it turns into an 800-meter or a 600-meter race, he should be winning it. Having said that, I think Nephew of Sunoco has turned into a, a very naturally competitive beast now. So there's some horses, if you want to drive them quietly outside the leader um, and, you, and you're very happy to sort of run second and then um, have, a, have a better dip next week, well, that's fine. Nephew of Sunoco, I think, will we'll just go into monster mode in the concluding stages regardless. And I do think, and uh, we talk about this all the time, as, gr- as great as Olavici's last start win was in particular, the, the chasm in grade between what these horses have been racing. Nephew of Sunoco is right on the same le- level as horses like you know, uh, Māori Law and Credit Master, and, and that, that puts you in the elite category. So I, I'm I'm going with him. Certainly the price, I think, is wrong. Uh, I actually marked Nephew of Sunoco, $2 favourite, 220 for Olavici. Uh, if they go massively to war, if they really um, if they really raise arms at one another here, then Kai Valley Chief was impressive enough last start in a return to form to maybe run over the top of them, although it seems relatively unlikely. And I have got number four, all cashed up in for fourth. But we're on the same page here. I'm not sure either of us are, uh, either of us are right, Dan, and I'm not sure we can get overly confident. But uh, we are with the better value option, Nephew of Sunoco, to defeat Olavici in Heat 1 of the Tornado Valley Trot. Time for another break. Come back. We get stuck into the quaddy legs on the Friday form panel. Dan Malecki and Jason Bonington with you. Stick with us. Back soon on SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. It's cranberries. Um, 
can't remember the name of the song, which is weird. I love the Cranberries. All right, we move on. Quaddy legs coming up. This is all important. And I, uh, you probably want me to go first with race five as well, then, because uh, and I wouldn't blame you. I, I need you to go first. The one thing that, out of this very intriguing contest, that I think we learnt from burning questions yesterday with Glenn Craven, Michael Stanley, and Andy Gath, is that Major Meister is probably going to use his early speed, and so too is Gillaby Nitro. I'm often gone, I think somewhat staggeringly, as a $2.90 favourite here. Um, it's confused the issue. I, I thought maybe after a... Despite those great trials, despite uh, that flat first up run for um, Major Maestro, I thought they might not use him. But all of a sudden, there's a big injection of speed here. And I don't know how many I'd be keen to totally rule out of winning on. What, what, what are your thoughts here? Yeah, a bit, bit the same. There's been a few moves in that uh, early market that um, has, for me, muddied the waters or complicated the issue a little bit. I'm often gone, um, has been $6 in the 290 but the last time she got used off the gate, she had to be used up. Uh, she pulled really hard and it was her worst run. So she's not that sort of horse, but she might slot into a good spot. Major Meister's come back from injury, had broken carpal uh, bone, uh, and I would have thought needed the run first up. He, he ran well after trialling well. Is he right yet? Not sure, but they've got new gear on him. He's got the pull-up uh, blinds on, added this time. Um, bit to take in. Um, my old favourite, Cosimo, uh, but yeah. also his stablemate, Rick Riley. He, I, I was just trying to find that one horse that might cross and Rick Riley could sit behind, so... I'm, I'm going to go with Rick Riley, thinking he might end up in the right spot. If Jellyby Nitro blazes across the lead and, uh, and Rick Riley's right behind him, something else kicks up and works to get to the front, uh, Rick Riley could well be behind that horse and getting the right run. So he looks a good each-way play for me. But it's a, it's a difficult race, and depending on those scenarios that you're able to come up with may exclude horses from being winning chances or bring them into the race. Uh, but Rick Riley, for mine, number one, from, um, well, a host of horses, really. I'm respecting of the market move for I'm Off and Gone, but we need to see her improve a bit. Some of her recent runs have been all right coming from off the speed, Jace, and she's got a bit of quality. So I put her in there, seven Jellyby Nitro and uh, and six Cosimo. So they're my top four. One, four, seven, six. Not saying there isn't any more chances than that, but I, I, I did think Rick Riley in a number of different, um, situations could end up behind the leader, and I think you'd want to be on him. I uh, I love the way you're thinking. So the only bet I've had in the race, and I love it. I love nothing more. I'm sure you're the same, Dan. When you want to back one each way, you just want to see that two dollars a place, don't you? If you're getting two dollars a place, you've got your proper each way price. And Rick Riley at six dollars and two dollars last yeah. night. I just thought, well. Uh, <laughs> You've just lured me in here. Uh, you've lured me in because I, I have to back it each way now because there's no way I don't think this is not going to work out <laughs> relatively well for him, is it? I mean, he's either going to be behind. He's, uh, there's a tiny chance that he that he just leads um, or he's behind. If Major Meister crosses, then that's the end of the story. Major Meister will lead. And if Gillaby Nitro crosses, Gillaby Nitro will lead and he'll be behind the leader regardless of the circumstances. And you know what the best thing is? I, I I'm sure you agree about Rick Riley. If 
if it turned out that Major Meisterlet and Gillaby Nitro started pulling outside of him, Rick Rowley's not a behind-the-leader trail horse that wants them to go slowly and sprint. He wants them to run, and he'll rev through when he when he gets his opportunity. That That's the kind of horse he is, I reckon, Dan. Yeah, totally agree with you. I, I won't be disappointed. They go really hard in their first quarter's yeah, around 29 and the second quarter's around 29. You, you'd be trying to double up in the run, I reckon. But, look, he doesn't win about out of turn, but his last win, uh, he drew barrier barrier one over the same distance, and he beat horses like Lark Captain, Mighty Flying Arts, Sanday. It's a decent field, and there was a lot of gate speed. You remember that night? There was a lot of gate yeah. speed outside him, yet he held up behind the leader. We thought he might end up three fallback for pegs. So watch the warm-up, because I remember that night, I hadn't really considered it to, to him to be a chance. And when he warmed up, he stood out. He'd been given a, a good warm-up, and after the warm-up, his ears were pricked, he was bouncing around, it really sharpened him up. And this is just a preliminary. I, I happened to have my eyes in the right spot, and I've completely turned my thoughts of that race on its head by saying, I, I think Rick Riley, I, I might be an idiot here, but from what <laughs> I've seen in the last couple of minutes, Rick Riley, I don't I think he could be four back to pegs, but he wasn't. He was leaders back. And, yeah, it could be a similar scenario to uh, tomorrow night. So um, I'm with Rick Riley. I, I agree. Um, he he watch the Watch the warm-up tomorrow night. We're both on Trots Vision tomorrow yep. night. I want to see a stirring warm-up from him because it worked last time when he won from the same barrier over the same distance. I, I Please be prepared, Dan, because I'm, I'm, I'm throwing to you from the host year when that warm-up is being undertaken. Um, it, to boost the confidence each way, or even if you're having multis and you just want to back him a place, here's a nice little stat. Six times on Australian soil, Rick Riley has raced in the trail, the position behind the leader, and he has never missed a place under those circumstances. So that's, uh, that boosts us even further. Look, I do the form early in the week, and I hadn't heard about Major. I didn't think Major Meister would go forward. So purely for tipping purposes, I've still got Jilly B Nitro on top. But the horse that I have backed, Glasnos Transparency, is Rick Rowley each way. Um, I think so extra, who's a brother to give it a try, both out of Lagoon Lady and probably the more highly spruiked earlier in their careers, uh, is racing well and loves, as so many horses do these days at Metropolitan level, doing absolutely zilch at the start. And it will be doing zilch at the start from uh, what should be, I think, three back the poles just following through here. And I'm often gone, goes in for fourth. Look, I'm with you, Dad. There's been two occasions, I reckon, recently. One where she really ran the gate and another time where she half ran the gate and both of them were no good, the runs. So um, good luck to the punters who've launched in. And usually when they're trained by Dean Braun and they get well backed, He's a very sharp, smart judge. Um, I'm uh, far bit from me to say she can't win, but I think that price now is painfully, painfully, scarringly short. Second leg of the quaddy is really the feature of the night. Uh, some great winners of this race over the years. You would have called. I was going through the honour roll for the Victoria Size Classic down, and you've got Lombo Pocket Watch and Bondi Lockdown last year, and Poster Boy and an old favourite of mine, Bonavista Bay, and guaranteed. It's it's a good horses race. I don't know how strong this renewal is, but I am exceedingly confident that Kafaji will lead and will win, and I'm desperately praying that you concur. Yeah, I don't know. I've got respect for a number of horses here. Um, 
Kafati, I don't know. Well, what's look? Beach Villa's the horse that he couldn't have started off his career more impressively. And has he gone backwards? I wouldn't even say he plateaued, but can he bounce back, or or has it been too long since we've seen that brilliance in him? to consider him a chance. I, I, every time I see him, I think, gee, you look good tonight. But I say it every time now. Um, Kafaji, he, he's pretty tough. I think if it comes down to a war of attrition, uh, he'd be the last horse standing. He's pretty tough. Uh, Interest-free is very quick and very good. Uh, and Commander Buzz is the other, what I would consider, class runner. There's star celebrity going well, tough from the draw. It's a good race. Interest-free for mine, the seven, not a lot in it. I'm going to go seven, four, three, and ten. Interest-free's at the top of his game. Uh, he'll, he'll have, look, he can come out of the gate. He's now a better racehorse where he can be used up a, a bit to find a position. He might, I'm not saying he'll blaze across, but he might be able to go forward. Either that or follow up with the right horse, Three wide with cover, or potentially he might be good enough now to go on his own. I'm, I'm not sold. There's nothing in this race I want to uh, be backing or definitively want to identify as something I want to back. But I thought interest free when I did see prices come up, I wasn't disappointed that he was at each way odds. Yeah, uh, look, uh, it's weird. I'm, I'm super confident. I've added my biggest bet of the night on Kefaji, uh, and at the same time. <laughs> He's he's almost half n- not one of mine. So that there's some conflicting information for you. But I just thought Beach Villa would be able to work across, even over the short trip. Beach Villa handed up last time. Uh, he could to Kafaji. I think Kafaji um, has got more gate speed than he's given credit for. He, he held catch a wave comfortably one night where they were both drawn out wide. It didn't ultimately end up that great for him. But he's got a little bit more gate speed, and I think they might scare a couple out wider off from blazing off the gate. If he does find the front, this is a horse who, when he's in the mood, he went 154.9 winning the Breeders' Crown Silver at Melton uh, last season. So, I mean, he he's I think he's a bit of a beast in front. I think he's a little bit of a pussycat who needs probably a cheap quarter somewhere, and, uh, and then he starts to feel big and strong once he gets rolling. But I think that will happen. So I've got him on top. Speaking to Emma Stewart earlier in the week, she says the most talented of this trio – is star celebrity. The draw's awful, but um, she's an exciting commodity. I've got her in for second. Third, interest-free, and then Beach Villa. But um, you know what? Um, maybe I, I was expecting too much, Dan, but with Commander Buzz, I've got a really, really, like, he excites me, Commander Buzz, and I was kind of thinking to myself, <laughs> uh, I, I was the only one that was that was onto him, and I was expecting he might come up $26. And he came up about eight. So um, it sounds like you're on to him as well. Well, he did run second in a group one race three starts ago, uh, admittedly well beaten, but he got a long way back. Um, so he's been around the mark in races not dissimilar to this. So uh, he's a pretty smart horse. And he's another one that uh, I reckon you'll see him parade really well. Now that he's had a, a couple of runs back from uh, from a spelly chase as well, also the faster they go, I think the better uh, his chances will be. I mean, there's some very good three-year-olds engaged in this race, and as you've said with previous winners, you look at the, he's the son of a gun, Bondi Lock now, where they've got to, and 
uh, in earlier years. Major Crocker, it was sort of the launching pad for him, wasn't it? Chili Palmer was another one. Yeah. Bonavista Bay, um, some really good horses. Uh, Lombo Lafayette, he won it in 2003. Oscar Levant, Il Rapido. Uh, Golden Rain in 1993. Token in 1992. Jeez. It was probably a different style of race back then. But at Gamalite in 1980, yeah. Uh, quite famous, 84. Gee whiz. Um, look for whoever wins this race to go on. Yeah, it should be a great one. Um, yes. Come on to bus for some reason. We'll go to the news now. I've always been partial to a Hugh Cathell's horse for some reason. Garnet River and Astronaut. I don't know. Sometimes you just do that with trainers. Um, we'll go to the news. Come back. Then we'll talk about the fast class pace of the evening. And it looks a clash between maybe two outstanding four-year-olds in rock and roll do and the big boy Ambuckian. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 4709 7369736. Dan Malecki and Jason Bonington. So we're doing our very best. I mean, we're putting our significant uh, harness racing IQs together to try and find you some winners. I'm not sure we've absolutely talked one another into anything as yet, but there's three more races to get through, Dan, and I'm really intrigued in your thoughts on the next, the fast class, between Rock and Roll Do and Yam Buckian on multiple levels. There was a little um, a little whisper, a little voice in the back of my mind, don't worry about me, people, I'm, I'm okay. I'm not hearing voices too often, but a little whisper thinking maybe because both horses don't have naturally blazing dynamic gate speed that Reactor now might opt to keep the front and it might change the complexion of the race. Am I am I going a bit farther or, or is there is there a theory there that may may play out? Look, there, there might be. I'm going to add to the theory. Okay. You know, sometimes when you look at fields and you think, ah, you've got to be a chance. You do your own markets. I do my own markets. And then we'll either be surprised or disappointed on occasions, depending on where the market's open. Just because the market's open that way doesn't mean it, it, can, it can't change around, particularly with the tab fixed odds, as we've noticed over time. They can flip on, its head, they can flip on their head. But... There was one horse in this race that, ooh, uh, and ooh. you're talking about the leader, and this is the key. That there's, I reckon a key element <coughs> here is Reactor now with his gate speed and the horse drawn next to him, Mighty Frying Art, who has stepped it up quite a lot, has got gate speed. He's definitely got tougher, even more genuine. He was in that Torrid Saint race last week. Go back and have a look. The ground he made up, a slightly checkered passage when they are running and he was finding the line. He beat two horses home. You need to go back, have a look, and it won me over. And I thought, if you can get to the pegs, you're a really good bet each way. I tuned in to have a look at the prices. He was $34. I thought, give me a spell. I had $7. Whoa. Um, does he cross Reactor now? I think Reactor now is the sort of horse that's a bit softer. Um, so he'd be more likely to take a trail because he's the sort of horse that needs to relax, whereas Mighty Flying Art can get really keen. I don't think Reactor now would want Mighty Flying Art outside of him pulling and 
um, you, you know, going too keenly. If Mighty Flying Art can get past Reactor now to the pegs, I think he's a fantastic chance. Might even end up taking a trail behind Rock and Roll Do if they can restrain him. Otherwise, over the uh, 2,200 metres, he's just going to need that one quarter. And I, I think he stepped up. This horse continually is underrated. Uh, and that run last week, it was, it was a seventh, Jason, a seventh in a field of nine. But he made ground in the last 200 metres. Sure, he had a softer run, but he made ground at the end, which showed me he's up to that sort of class with the right run. He'll get that right run if he crosses Reactor now. Well, I'll tell you what, it feels like, because I I, uh, I was fortunate enough to find uh, Mighty Flying Art a couple of starts back in that mountain pace. It feels like you've come to my house and... and um, and and taking my girlfriend away from me, and I'm I'm letting you for some reason. I don't know. I don't even. You've just opened the door and just said I'm I'm going to go abscond with her because um, I feel <laughs> I feel a bit lost there because I haven't got mighty flying out in my top four. I tell you what though, even I, I know you've isolated that last start performance, but the race that he won, people will look at that and say he was behind the leader. He got the gun run, but. The will, you, you spoke about his increased toughness and stamina and strength and will, and it was all on display in that win because he had to peel out. Um, good horses who'd been on the pace were wilting, and he was entitled probably to run second or third, and he just dug in, didn't he? He dug in. Yeah, he did. It was a brutally run race, wasn't it? And, uh, it was almost the survival of the fittest. And to be truthful, I wasn't sure he was able to do that. He's always been a horse that can over-race. He can pull a little bit too hard. And having something left at the end of his races was always the query at 2,200. He ticked a lot of boxes that night, regardless of the run he, he got. But if he was behind the leader that night, he was, obviously. He uh, may well end up in the same position. I was hoping he would end up in that same position uh, behind the leader. He'll settle better if he's got a, a, a helmet to follow. And that could well be rock and roll do. I'm sure Mick Stanley... Well, he's not going to be restraining Mick Stanley. You can be guaranteed of that. So if he could get to the front, Mighty Flying Art behind him. I mean, I'm sure Karen Manning would want that spot with Reactor now, but Mighty Flying Art, I think, more capable of really pushing the issue because he is a quick beginner and he gets keen. And I doubt he's going to be weakening either. So even if you're three back to pegs in a race that could be run at about a good tempo, Reactor now is not necessarily out of it. He's still got to uh, prove that he's got that desire. But I think Mighty Flying Art has at the moment, and he's way over $26. I don't know if he just firmed up while we were chatting, uh, but 34, he was 34, he's 26 now. I still think he's huge overs. Notwithstanding, Rock and Roll do Yam Bucky and are two very, very good horses, and I've got them in for second and third. And, uh, I plucked out Willie Go West. He's first up, but we know his best would be good enough. I'm sure he'll improve with a run, but he's still a very good horse that should not be underestimated. So a couple of big splashes from Dan Malecki on the Friday form panel. The first, maybe give it a try. He can beat Catch a Wave and here. Mighty Flying Art, you are getting for about 10 points of value. Uh, 10% of value there uh, between Dan's price and what you're getting right now about Mighty Flying Art, 26 and 440. So... You've you've uh, you've confused the issue for me even further because I thought that Reactor now would kick up hard. He's not a really quick beginner, but he's a very big horse, and big horses are very hard to cross when you're drawn right next door to them. Reactor now, uh, much like plenty of Auckland reactors, I believe goes infinitely, and I mean infinitely better in front. Willie Go West is in the same boat as a horse who goes infinitely better 
in front, and that's why I've sort of um, I've pushed him down to fourth ranking. Even though if he led this race, he'd probably win it. Um, here's the other scenario now from what Dan's outlined. Mighty Flying Art has a genuine dip at the start. He's unsuccessful in getting across Reactor now. Then starts pulling and Rock and Roll do and Yambakian, who doesn't, who knows all about being stuck eight wide for nine hundred meters in his races, are both pratted out there. If that happens, Dan, we've got a we've got a, a contest that might be staged in in sub fifty three over the middle trip, haven't we? We, we? We've got a situation where those really good horses instinctively, I think, all punters and even naturally, I think we look at it and say they'll get where they want to go, but it's not always that easy, is it? No, no, and the scenario you just uh, brought up, um, uh, that would bring horses like Enchanted Strides, mm. Cario, Better Be the Bomb, uh, even Kaki Nui coming off the pace where the last quarter might be the slowest quarter, um, and, and all of a sudden they become chances, um, and you probably want to be on them. But uh, the uncertainty, I mean, there's a lot of hard, fit horses that are capable of running good time. Mighty Flying Art showed it a couple of starts ago. Rock and Roll do. Uh, he always toils and works hard. Yeah, Buckingham doesn't know any different, like you, uh, like you said. Um, if it does end up that way, there's clearly other chances. If it's sorted out by the first bend, Mighty Flying Art crosses Reactor Now, or Reactor Now keeps it out, you would think, well, even then, if Reactor Now did keep out Mighty Flying Art, it could be a bit of a battle. Does Reactor Now take a trail behind Rock and Roll Do? Or like what you said, I agree with you. The horse needs... Uh, to maintain a nice stride, a good cadence. Uh, he seems to settle better that way. I'm always worried about reacting now when he's looked in the eye, though, mm. too early from home. Yeah. But when he's allowed to settle and dictate, he, he seems to be a different horse. But I can't mm. see that scenario here. Can you? Even if it wasn't mighty flying out, Rock and Roll Dude's going to push the issue, surely. Yeah, I, th- I think that is the issue. I'm, I, I'm almost... Yeah... I think many people have given Reactor now his um, his last right uh, and uh, last chances. I'm I'm sort of there's still something in me. It's a vague memory from the pandemic where he was he looked like he was going to be a really really good horse. Um, if there were two roughies in alternate scenarios, I would say if it's not fair. Dan's only got one. I'll take two. Uh, American doubles. Reactor now, if he's able to lead, and better be the bomb. I've also gotten in my uh, in my mind's eye, my memory, the Casey Classic, where it was unbelievably brutally run. He came off the speed to win, I think, in one fifty two eight over the middle trip. So he might be the knockout from way back. I think that Rock and Roll do will win. I can't back him at a dollar seventy. I think he either leads, or if he rolls forward, he gets cover from Yan Buckian. I don't think he can work out poorly for him. I've got him on top of Yan Buckian, who I think will have a dip to try and get across everything. Reactor now, as mentioned, I've already uh, outlined as uh, one of the roughies, and the other better be the bomb. And Willie Go West is a horse to watch for the future. Wait till he draws the front in a big race, particularly over a long trip, and uh, he can be really dangerous. Even even who knows the Inter Dominion. Let's go for a break. Come back. We've still got two races to get through: the second heat of the Matriarch Pace and the second qualifier or preliminary of the Tornado Valley Trot. Dan Malecki and J-Bomb with you. Friday form panel. Stick with us. Welcome back to the Friday form panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. Not be there, like a Feel my sunshine. Two races ago on the Friday form panel. 
And for those who are just tuning in, uh, I'll give you the Dan Malecki headlines. One, give it a try. Potential dual assassin of Catch a Wave in the Elabovic Bread Championship final and mighty flying out way over the odds in the fast class pace of the night, the Garrard's pace race seven at Tabcor Park. Now, again, super intrigued as we go to race eight. In your thoughts around runaway celebrity, speaking to Emma Stewart earlier in the week, I think she revealed what we probably all knew from um, uh, the run in the Mayor's Sprint Championship final, Dan. Uh, really wasn't attacked in betting, left out at a, a strange quote for a, a, a mayor of her ability, then was back late. They sort of said they rushed her back. She's had two runs back from a break. The win at Maryborough um, was unusual and she nearly got rolled. She turns up here at $1.75. You'd expect third up from a break. You will get the improvement. She is the best horse in the race. But can we go anywhere near the Rosella tomato sauce with what we've seen at two runs back from a break? <laughs> well, I know you're tipping Sydney Swans to win, so red and white might get a colour. Um uh, the premiership, at least. Uh, look, I do. I think she can. Uh, she's got dazzling speed. Even in the night, she runs second to my superannuation. It was a super run. Yeah. Uh, and that was a bigger field. So from Barry to back row, she tracks through behind Smooth the Bait. So she should get into a really good spot here. Um, Smooth the Bait's been terrific and has got the draw, I think, to lead. Uh, my superannuation gets out pretty good. So they can work that part out. But I think Runaway Celebrity is going to be in a good spot, much closer to the pace, and that might make the difference. So I've got the nine on top. Tremendous respect for Smooth Debate. Again, Mayor in terrific form, an experienced Mayor, and she may well lead. Um, so they were the, the main two, respecting my superannuation. Aliens exist as the other one that gets out quick, but I'm not sure that she'd be able to cross. But it's, it's an asset of hers, isn't it? The gate speed. And Art of Sheng Lee. Uh, largely underrated mare. She's going really well. Look, I've tipped nine, two, uh, five, and eight. Uh, yeah, I've gone nine, eight, two, and four. I'm desperate, <clears throat> desperate to find a race for Artif Shang Lee. I think she's absolutely flying. Eight dollars. What have I marked here? Five. Yeah. The four's out. Wild imagination and scratch. Oh, sorry. So I'm going. Uh, yeah, wild imagination. Sorry. Nine, eight, two, and then one. Amazingly, outback shadow. I don't think he's without a hope of running a play. Really, I think it's runaway celebrity on top. Then smooth debate. Um, I, I, I think with Art of Sheng Lee, you'd throw in for second, and really, the rest of the field you'd throw in for third. I think Lara Jane McRae's not going uh, terribly. I think Ruby Wingate. He's a former uh, homegrown classic winner, so they're all in the mix somewhere. But um, Art of Shing Lee, I, I, it's a weird situation. I don't know if I can back her at $8, but I think she's absolutely crying out to win a race. But Runaway Celebrity, you know if she turns up. I mean, Runaway Celebrity was, you know, one of the best in that golden generation of fillies uh, and now four-year-old mares. So she should have the ability to knock them over. But it's probably a race that I'm just shying away from a little. I'm not shying away from the last quite so much. Uh, small field, but a wonderful little race. The second eight of the Tornado Valley Trot. And fittingly, I think that um, our man on BQ, Andy Gath, will be winning this race with Vacation Hill, of course, the trainer of Tornado Valley, throughout his uh, his champion preparations here in Australia. How do you see this playing out? Oh, Fortuna, I've got a big opinion of. Adele, we know, is very good. But that gate speed we saw from Vacation Hill and her record in front, which is... You know, that's where she wants to be, Dan. I think this is going to work out well for her personally. 
Look, I think yeah, she got the gate speed, but so is O Fortuna, Jason. Mm. And um, maybe they'll look to trail with O Fortuna. Vacation Hill's not the sort of mare that's just going to sit up and then sprint from the top of the state. But this is a small field, and odd things like that can happen. Um, o Fortuna. Again, a horse that is much better than a lot of people think, and um, I don't think there's much between O Fortuna and Vacation Hill. I'm tipping O Fortuna. I just thought if a little chance she could lead, but if she ended up behind Vacation Hill, I wouldn't be disappointed. Where does that leave Adele? They'll probably single out an Indian file. They usually do in these smallish fields, don't they? But O Fortuna, I thought, would be in the gun spot. Uh, I'll give you my tips. Two, five three and four are my selections. Does I think O Fortuna crosses my used to be, at least to get to the pegs, and then it's up to Jody whether she wants to park Vacation Hill, if indeed she can, or be happy to take that trail. But if O Fortuna's on the pegs, um, I, I think it's a toss of the coin who's better, O Fortuna and Vacation Hill. I know Andy says Vacation Hill works like she's a group one trotter, but I think O Fortuna, didn't she place by Majestuoso? Last prep, well, he's a Group One trotter, so she's right in there. Well, she's beaten Pink Galata. She's really good, though, Fortuna. I've gone five, two, three, and four. I'm with Vacation Hill. I think, regardless, she should have the gate speed to find the front, but I'm getting a big break signal from my man, Michael Thompson, the Tom Banger. So we'll go for our final break, come back, wrap it up with our best bets on the FFP Friday form panel on SEN Track. Welcome back to the Friday Form Panel on SEN Track. Text us on 0499 736 736. What's love got to do with it, Tina Turner? We're sad to leave you, but we're glad you tuned in for the Friday Form Panel. I'll go through my best quickly. Kafaji's my best in the card, although it makes me feel a little bit ill. Uh, one by four bet, I've had an ultimate Huey. Hugo rocks the place only, and Rick Riley each way. Dan, um... Best, I'm sure that Mighty Flying Yard each way is going to be in there somewhere. It is. Each way, race five, one Rick Riley. Race seven, number two, Mighty Flying Art. My best bets, two of them. Race eight, number nine, Runaway Celebrity. And just to leave you with something to think about, race three, number three, <laughs> give it a try. Oh, you're a legend, Dan. And you've brought the drama in the theatre, there's no doubt about it. Apologies to the listeners, by the way, as well. This really long delay is very frustrating for all involved. So uh, hopefully we'll rectify it. It's been amazing having you on the show, Dan, and can't wait to begin uh, our journey as Friday Form Panel Partners. Hopefully you've enjoyed at home. Uh, I look forward to Trackside for the next four or five hours. But for now... I'm saying au revoir.